Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Delta Lane from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Dr. Pritt, thank you for that introduction. And Dr. Moyer, thank you for joining us today to discuss thiopurine testing at Mayo Clinic Laboratories, specifically TPNUQ. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your role here at Mayo Clinic? Sure. Hi, I'm Ann Moyer, and I'm a molecular genetic pathologist at Mayo Clinic. I actually did all of my training here at Mayo Clinic, uh, going through the MD-PhD program, followed by pathology residency and a molecular genetic pathology fellowship. And in graduate school, I was lucky enough to work with Dr. Richard Winschelbaum on phase two drug metabolizing enzymes in their pharmacogenomics. So at this point in time, I focus clinically on pharmacogenomics and also hereditary genetics. Thank you for providing some color and insight on your background. I'd really appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it's very helpful for our audience to understand that should they ever call the Mayo Clinic for assistance with consultations on some of these genetic tests, that they may very likely end up with someone like yourself who doesn't just know about the test, but likely played a direct role in developing the test at hand. So we're very fortunate here at Mayo to be surrounded by experts in their fields. So that being said, let's jump right in. Today, we're discussing TPNUQ. This is one of many genetic test offerings in the Mayo Clinic lab portfolio. This test specifically assists in analyzing thiopurine metabolisms. Will you start by telling us a little bit about what thiopurines are and give us a brief overview of the test and how the results are used with patients affected by inflammatory bowel disease? Yeah, thiopurines are medications that are used for a variety of different purposes, mostly in the space of immunosuppression. So they can be used to treat disorders like inflammatory bowel disease or acute leukemias, where you really need to knock down those malignant cells or to avoid transplant rejection or for a variety of other autoimmune disorders. They mimic the bases that get put into the DNA normally during DNA synthesis. And so they can be incorporated and then they have a variety of mechanisms of toxicity because of that. And so the thiopurines though are very good drugs in a lot of settings, but the challenge of them is that they also can be very toxic for some individuals. And so we have a couple of different tests that can be used to better understand if the thiopurine might be toxic for an individual or not. And one of those is the genetic test that we're talking about today, so TPNUQ. And so what TPNUQ is, is we're basically looking for genetic variation in the gene TPMT, or the gene NUDT15, which are both involved in the metabolism of thiopurines. So to my knowledge, these medications are prescribed to prevent flare-ups, reduce the need to use steroids, and reduce or prevent symptoms like diarrhea, bleeding, and pain in context of IBD. So however, if, like you said, the patients don't metabolize these drugs well, you might actually make the situation worse by taking the medications, correct? Yes, exactly. So typically for inflammatory bowel disease specifically, the other medications are used to get the disorder under control. And then the thiopurines are used so that the patients can continue to have a normal lifestyle with hopefully their flare-ups under control. 
According to the Crohn's and ulcerative colitis organization, around six to 10 people with these conditions end up taking these medications at some point in their life, including children. Is that correct? Yes, these medications have been around for quite some time, and so they're fairly commonly used in inflammatory bowel disease. There are a number of different medications that are available, but because these ones have a long history, I think people are pretty familiar with them, and they're a little bit less expensive in some cases than some other medication options, and so they're definitely something that commonly comes up in care at this point still. So who exactly is this test recommended for, and when would you say is the best time for the patient to have the test performed? Does the patient wait for the symptoms to arise, or is it recommended that the labs are run before the medications are prescribed? So for patients that are going to be going on a thiopurine medication, it's really important to do this testing before they actually are prescribed that first dose of their medication. And so part of the reason for that is that this has been included in the FDA label to test for both TPMT and NUDT15 prior to starting a thiopurine, because we know that these drugs can be very toxic to those individuals that have reduced metabolism. So there's not really a specific age that you would target. It's just any patient that would be going on a thiopurine. And in general, you could do the testing at any point in time. If the patient's planning on going on a thiopurine, probably in the next couple of months or immediately, you really just need to get it done before they actually start taking the drug. So since this is a genetic test, the patient's genes shouldn't change over time. But I probably wouldn't recommend doing this test in the setting of a patient who is perfectly healthy and not planning on going on a thiopurine anytime soon. But again, if they're going on a thiopurine, definitely would recommend making sure that the results are available before that first dose. When this test was developed, it was developed for use with all patients in mind. But the studies around the test have shown some really interesting data in regard to certain groups of patients for whom it may be more important. Would you care to expand on that? Yeah, so for TPMT, we've had for a long time two different testing options. So there is an enzyme activity assay and there's a genetic test. And both of those have been used for quite some time for patients that are going to go on a thiopurine, again, to avoid that toxicity. But one thing that's kind of interesting is over time, we realized that this testing doesn't really predict toxicity for everybody. So some patients will still develop toxicity despite having TPMT tested. And there are a number of different reasons for that. But one of the reasons that's actually kind of an exciting success story of bench to bedside research is that a few years back, NUDT15 was identified in a genome-wide association study as an additional gene that encodes an enzyme that is responsible in part for metabolism of thiopurine medications. And what's really interesting about this is that depending on the patient's population that they're from, some populations have TPMT variants more commonly, and some populations actually NUDT15 variants are significantly more common. So particularly Asian populations had been the focus of that genome-wide association study when NUDT15 was first identified. So really, if a patient happens to have an NUDT15 variant and not a TPMT variant, we used to just miss them, and these would be some of the patients that would go on to develop toxicity. So that's why our test doesn't test for just TPMT or just NUDT15, because even in the European populations where TPMT was first described, there are patients that also have NUDT15 variants. So especially since we're in the United States and we've got a lot of population diversity, I think it's really important to include both TPMT and NUDT15 together, because that's the best way to predict which patients are at risk of toxicity. 
Now, it is still possible that after this testing, patients can still go on to develop toxicity. So clinicians who are prescribing thiopurine still want to keep doing all of the same monitoring that they've always been doing historically. So looking at the CBC, the liver function tests, and, and so on. But this can be really helpful. And so interestingly, not that long after NUDT15 was identified, we were able to incorporate it into our test here at Mayo Clinic. And it's also been included in the FDA label. So if you go and look at the FDA label for thiopurines, indicates that you should really be testing for both TPMT and NUDT15. That's really good to know. That's, that's great for our audience to hear. If the patient had not taken this test, how else would the patient be aware of these types of issues? Are there other test options that they could use? And if so, how are those other test options different from what we do here at Mayo Clinic Labs? Yeah, so there is another test option that I mentioned just a minute ago for TPMT specifically. So historically, the option has been to either do an enzyme activity assay or the genetic test for TPMT, and both of them provided similar information. There's pros and cons to each of them. For example, if we have a very rare genetic variant in TPMT, we wouldn't detect that with our TPMT genetic test, but perhaps on the enzyme activity assay, you would note that the patient has lower TPMT activity, and therefore you'd be able to pick up some of those patients with the more rare variants. And so in general, usually with the TPMT activity assay versus the genetic test, they've been considered fairly interchangeable, and it's okay to use either one. Ideally, if you really want to have the best predictive ability, probably doing both would be ideal. But at this point, it's really a little bit different because for NUDT15, we don't have a corresponding enzyme activity assay at this point in time. So really the only way to be able to detect the patients that have a variant in NUDT15 is by doing the genetic test. So if you wanted to have, again, the best predictive ability, if you could do the TPMT enzyme activity assay in conjunction with the TPNUQ assay so that you can really make sure you're not missing those patients with the common variants in NUDT15, that would be the ideal approach. But again, there's pros and cons to enzyme activity and, and genetics, but you just can't get the information on NUDT15 at all if you do only the enzyme activity assay. The other way that patients would identify that they have a problem with these enzymes is unfortunately if they run into toxicity when they're already on the medication. And we definitely don't want that for our patients. So testing up front for TPMT and NUDT15 is really your best approach. There are also other tests once the patient is already on the thiopurine medication that can be useful for uh, therapeutic drug monitoring. And for those, they work best if the patient has a TPMT variant, and it can be a little bit harder if they have an NUDT15 variant. But some of my colleagues have more expertise in those specific assays. So if there are further questions about the metabolite monitoring, I think we can direct you to the right person. Great. Thank you so much. There's a few things that you mentioned that I think are worth mentioning again. We know that there are certain subsets of patients that can benefit greatly from this test. One of the things that we didn't mention was the specimen collection being able to be done through blood, saliva, or DNA. We also know that this is a reimbursable test through insurance. And again, with those highly accurate results, is there anything else you'd like to add to kind of remind someone why they should consider this test? Yeah, I think we all want what's best for our patients and making sure that we avoid toxicity is definitely key because as physicians, we never want to do any harm. And so even though we've got the best intentions and we're trying to treat our patient with a medication, we want to make sure that that medication isn't going to be something that's going to cause problems for our patient. So I think before putting a patient on a thiopurine, 
definitely these tests are very, very important and I would highly recommend doing them. And in addition, why you would want to maybe send the testing here to Mayo specifically is because we've got that expertise and all of the testing options. So we can do a TPMT enzyme activity. We can do TPMT and NUDT15 genetic testing. We also have metabolite monitoring. And then my favorite part, I have a lot of colleagues that are in direct patient care, seeing the patients that have inflammatory bowel disease. And it's really easy for me to have conversations with them to learn more about the challenges that they're facing and get more information on how our tests are helping them and making sure that the way that we're reporting it makes sense. And so I think the fact that at Mayo Clinic, we've got all of the aspects of care together in one place, I think that makes it a great program. And so we're here to help you prescribe thiopurines for your patients and do so safely. Again, highlighting the expertise here at the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Moyer, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate your knowledge and your insight around this test. And we look forward to having you on again to discuss more ways to improve the lives of our patients. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.